guys, hello and welcome back to Mummy Jojo Uncut Mojo Injection, episode 8. Thank you so much for all the messages I've had this week about the podcast. I am loving this and what a week it has been. My book has launched for pre-orders and has made several top 10 Amazon bestseller lists already which blows my little mind to think that there's so much support from you all um, I had no idea things would pick up so quickly um, I checked earlier and I was number two for the hot new releases which is just insane but really encouraging I just I'm so grateful for all the support it's just the beginning of an amazing journey of honesty and just being really raw and real and breaking those barriers down for all taboo topics and we're going to boo again we're talking very openly this week about pregnancy and body issues pre prenatal postnatal care so i've got to know lindsay from strong like a mother this year she approached me about four months ago and since we've become great friends she's a lovely person the word on the street is that she helps a lot of mums who are struggling um actually Kaylin's mommy um, Claire was talking about her on a podcast we recorded recently um, about how much she's helped her she's just so knowledgeable and so approachable and just lovely so I'm delighted to have her I've had quite a few messages saying when is Lindsay's podcast going live and um, well it's now it's live now so enjoy loads of tips and expect just loads of uncensored chat i'm sorry for how many times i say all my days i really need to stop that um hubs told me that i say you know quite a lot and i've noticed that on the podcast because i listen to them all and edit them all so mental note try not to say you know try not to say all my days um i'm gonna try and mix my vocab up as time goes on but at the same time i want this to be natural I don't want to be googling new top words and things because that's not me. I just want to talk from the heart. Um, but I will try and stop those repetitive tones. So let's get chatting to Lindsay and hear a bit more about her then. Uh, Lindsay is a mum of three. She has a passion for fitness by the bucket load. She's trained in, she has a degree in sports medicine. She's also a qualified PT and she specialises in pre and postnatal fitness. Here she is. Thank you so much for being here. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. Looking strong like a mother in fitness. <laughs> well, you know. We try our best. Um, no, I love it. She's got a really cool top on. I'll take a selfie. Um, so you're like me. You have a passion for fitness by the bucket loads. And we were talking earlier about how people can bounce back from amazing things, like really tough experiences, cancer, strokes, parenthood, <laughs> being a mom. And uh, you also had, you know, you've got three beautiful kids, but you had a brutal first labour. So you yeah. were induced, is that I, right? I wasn't just, oh, yes. I, I feel you're a pain. <laughs> I, read, I was induced twice. Oh, really? So my babies just didn't want to come out. Yeah. They, okay. they got in quite easily, luckily enough. Um, but no, they wouldn't come out. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us about that. Um, the for the first for my first uh, child, I was over by almost a week, 
and my blood pressure started to kind of clean up a little bit so they just decided to ingest me mm-hmm. um, and I was so desperate <laughs> I was oh like yes okay he's coming did you know it was a boy? Uh, no I didn't, I didn't oh surprise I'm so jealous of people that have the self control <laughs> that was only for my first one the other two we did, we had, we found out my husband was not up for, for it being a surprise but yeah so we went into the hospital and I remember saying to my mum oh we'll have a baby like in the morning oh. <laughs> how wrong was I <laughs> I know it's yes <laughs> so we went in on a Monday afternoon and I didn't have him until the Wednesday um, in the evening it was about 20 past 7 in the evening that he eventually decided to brace us with his presence. Sure. And did you go through the full induction where they put the pessary in? Yeah. I found that horrendous. Yeah. Well, they found the first day I was I was in a huge amount of pain and the, my mum was going to come up and visit me and I was like, no, you can't come up. Because um, it was just so painful. But what happened was he was lying kind of in a kind of sideway mm. uh, position so he was kind of hitting off my pelvis rather than going where he should have been going mm, <laughs> so I was in a lot of pain that day but um, they sent my husband home uh, after the second day and I thought I can't believe that this is this is now the second day I'm into this why was this baby not coming out uh, and the the next morning they said look we're going to have to maybe take you into the the uh, What's it called? The theatre. Oh yeah, uh, scary place. Yeah, <laughs> um, to, if nothing happens, and eventually moved into the right place, and mm-hmm. they took me through to the labour ward and did the 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 rest of the stuff that they do. Put the <laughs> but uh, what is it they do? They give you the um, they inject you with stuff. Oh, I can't even remember. I've sort out. Of did it you get the drip? Yes. The yeah, drip. that's insane, and it speeds up your contractions. Yes. Yeah, that's crazy. But I was not going to get that drip with an epidural because I hear it's so painful. Mm-hmm. Did you? No, I didn't have an epidural. <gasps> they did it and then oh they broke my waters for me mm-hmm. and I, was, I had so much. Yeah. Like, I soaked the whole labour um, suite. Oh, my floor. God. <laughs> <laughs> like, mopping it up. Oh uh, my I had to change out my uh, my planned uh, birthing outfit that I had. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and was this a condition they hadn't diagnosed until the third pregnancy because yeah. you had extra excess fluid? Yes. Yeah. But they, they didn't catch it till the third time. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you, you soaked the whole ward. Okay. Yeah. And the needle going up's not the nicest, is it? No. No, that was I, I don't have a huge memory of that uh-huh. um, just when you said that there I was like oh that's a flashback of yeah, that where the pocket's yep. like a big knitting needle but I yeah. used gas and air to get through that yeah. because they really struggled to break my waters like there was nothing about my body that wanted to expel these beautiful babies into the world yeah. my body wanted to hold on to them for life so <laughs> every process from the pessary horrendous to the needles just didn't want to come out yeah, I had um, planned a water birth. I was very much I'm having a water birth. It's not going to be that long. Yeah, I'm not having an epidural because I was like the epidural scared me more than the labour. Yeah, <laughs> that was wrong. <laughs> so yeah, the, I was I was given uh, eventually at the gas and air. Um, they broke my waters and then it just got too much. I mean, I'd been, I'd been in labour for since the Monday and this was like the Wednesday afternoon it's exhausting yeah and the midwife was like yeah I think maybe an epidural is probably the best thing for you because you're you're exhausted yeah. um, and that's when we, the route we went down but the epidural only worked on one half of my body oh, for goodness sake. <laughs> people if you don't have kids you're probably never going to want them now but <laughs> I, I am uh, one of those um, 
few people that epidurals don't take very well to. Mm-hmm. So it did numb, did numb me, but I could feel a lot down um, my left side. Uh, my left butt cheek every time I had a contraction, it just felt like that was kind of sore. Oh my days. That was, that was mostly what I felt through. So it wasn't awful pain by that point. By that point, I was like, thank God I got the epidural. Oh. I, need, I needed it. Oh my days. Um, yeah, so and then did you was there did it get worse than labour or um not necessarily it was by that point apart from being so tired um I think because I'd had the pain relief I felt better okay um but they said the baby's not budging so we're gonna have to go down the route of forceps oh, um, snap. and I didn't really know anything about that I didn't really know what the risks were yeah. or anything about that at all so I just said yeah. <laughs> Yes, I've been in labour for quite a few, quite a while now. Mm-hmm. Just get get them out. Yeah. Um, and they gave me an episiotomy and gave and got them out. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I had one of the one of the risk factors for the condition that I had, which again they didn't know I had, mm-hmm. um, was hemorrhaging. So uh, after a while I was fine. For a while I was fine, and they took me up to the ward, and then I hemorrhaged on the ward. Oh my days. My husband was way home and they took they had to take me back down to the labour ward and I was in there all night um while they tried to stop that. And where was the, the wee guy at this point? He was there with me, but I can't really remember my first oh, my, my first night um with him because I was completely out of it. They they basically had to get um the bleeding stopped while all the pain medication had kinda of worn off by that point. Oh, so goodness. yeah, uh, and it was too they, they couldn't wait to give me any more pain medication, so it, well, it wasn't the it wasn't the best experience. But, um, I remember I saying about about a month after I had him, I remember saying to my mum, I think I totally made that out to be much worse than it was. No. <laughs> I'm fine now. My mum was like, okay. No, you forget. You forget. My you my mum said to me, you you underplay your labour. They were they were horrendous, you know. But you do forget, and it's worth it. And then you have these little kids to look after that can be really challenging. And and your passions for fitness, it's amazing what you do. You support so many mums, whether it be prenatal, postnatal, which mm-hmm. is great. But sometimes it's the hardest thing to do. Like I know when I was pregnant with Bonnie and Charlie, I really didn't do a lot of exercise. One, I was scared to exercise because mm-hmm. I thought, oh, what if I do some harm, you know? If I was to get pregnant now, and Hubs hasn't had the snip yet, so it could happen, although he says there's no way. <laughs> um, even though I, I've really gotten f- into fitness and it's great for my mental health and I'm constantly trying to encourage people even just to go for a 15-minute walk mm-hmm. to clear their head, I don't know, I think I'd perhaps be scared to go for a run in case something happened. What would you say to... I was, um, I was terrified my first pregnancy because I, my, the, the first, my first son, um, because I'd had a miscarriage before. Okay. Um, and I hadn't had, been, I hadn't been given any information on what I could and couldn't do. They were just kind of like, it's, it's, it might happen, it might not happen again. Yeah. Um, so I was a bit afraid, so I didn't do anything in my first pregnancy. Um, and had you exercised when you had the miscarriage or? Yes, well I had, I, had, uh, I owned a, a, a gym franchise, so yeah, I was exercising then. You were doing it Yeah. But um, you, so in your head, did you ever think, oh, could the exercise have caused it? Which seems really silly because loads of people have babies and they do exercise and they're fine. Um, it wasn't, no, I didn't, I didn't think that. Um, I did speak to my GP and he had said, um, you know, it didn't, it, it, it 
that early stage it doesn't really matter right. um, you could have went for a big long walk or you could have been sitting on the couch it probably would still have happened yeah um, so that made me feel better yeah. you know I had a really good GP at the time who was really supportive so no I didn't ever really feel like the exercise part of it was the reason why that happened then mm-hmm. but when I feel pregnant again I just was scared I was terrified. Yeah. I had a little bit of bleeding in the early stages with him as well, oh um. So it was a bit. I was I was fearful, and I wasn't really given much information, um. Yeah. Which is one of the one of the reasons why I want to train, um, or I do train pregnant women so that they do have as much information as possible, mm-hmm. and there isn't any reason why you you shouldn't exercise in a normal pregnancy okay. obviously pregnancies where there's complications and your medical team is telling you not to exercise you must always listen to your medical the medical professionals mm-hmm. but if you're having a run of the mill pregnancy where there aren't any, aren't any issues mm-hmm. um, there isn't any reason why you can't continue to do exercise uh, there's some things depending on um, how your body's is dealing with pregnancy that you maybe want to stay away, away from yeah. a lot of women um, maybe should stop running because it has quite a lot of impact on your pelvic floor yeah. and a pregnancy again can have an impact on your pelvic floor so yeah. you know so I'm not saying someone should stop running Mm-hmm. it's just something to consider um, I remember that scene in Sex in the City with Charlotte and she was running through and we were like why are you not running anymore and then she went for a run through Central Park but I, I think it's a personal thing as well if you don't I, I don't think I would feel comfortable running in pregnancy as you say it's quite a lot of pressure but then I guess you've got to listen to your body haven't you it's tricky yeah it's one of those um, things that you're told a lot of the time I, I was told through my pregnancies is to listen to your body and that is great advice, but there's also things in your body where you think you're okay, uh-huh. and you maybe are pushing through something you maybe shouldn't be pushing through right. um, when it comes to pelvic floor health. So what would you say the warning signs are in pregnancy? If you are you want to exercise, but you may have pushed it too far, or have you got any tips for people that want to exercise? Um, these tips are for uh, the mother's health. This isn't mm-hmm. necessarily about um, the baby's health. If okay. there's any... Um, Issue, like for yourself if you have any leaking mm-hmm. during any exercise um, if you can I pee yourself a little bit mm-hmm. um, if you have any bulging sensations around your vagina mm-hmm. um, if you've got lower back pain um, any issues with your hips pelvis kind of thing you maybe want to stop and reassess what you're doing so mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that you can't do any exercise it just means you maybe need to reassess um, the exercises you're choosing Okay. Um, find someone who can help guide you and uh-huh. what exercises work best for you. Okay. Can you think of any c- cases where you've worked with someone and you recommended a type of exercise that they got on really well with in pregnancy? Or can you think of any? Um, exercises during pregnancy, uh, things that are working around your uh, glutes is always fantastic. Okay. Uh, squats, uh, glute bridges. Um, because what happens during pregnancy with the different with the change in the weight in front of your um, tummy, mm-hmm. um, it changes your posture. Okay. And sometimes um, women end up tucking their bum under. Okay. So their glutes are not their their bum muscles are not being activated. Uh, uh, and then that can cause back pain and mm. um, it doesn't always make for the easiest labour. Oh right. Okay. <laughs> so one of the one of the biggest things I program in a. a a session with a pregnant woman is, is getting squats in there as long as there's no other symptoms. 
Right. Um, morning time, so yeah. Not necessarily weighted squats then. Uh, it depends on the person. Yeah. Um, yeah. If it if you were lifting a kind of heavier weight it, before you were pregnant, you might still be able to manage it. Yeah. Um, the biggest thing you want to think about in pregnancy when you're doing an exercise is not whether you can do it; it's whether you should be doing it. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So if you could lift um a, a heavy weight on a barbell on your back during a squat before you were pregnant, and you can still do it afterwards, you have to listen to like what is that doing for your pelvic floor? Do you really want to put that extra pressure on your pelvic floor when you don't need to? Yeah. Um, because you can get just as much from using a dumbbell and doing uh, holding that in front of you rather than the barbell on your back or mm-hmm. just body weight. Yeah. Because you're lifting heavier weight anyway. Yeah. Because you're. you're you're carrying the weight of the baby and the amniotic fluid and um, placenta. Oh, goodness, bringing it all back. I think for me as an anxious person, I'm probably, I like to play it safe, but then I may miss out on opportunities because I'm saying, right, I better not do this, I better not do that. And then towards the end, I just got so desperate to get them out. When Bonnie was 15 days late, I remember walking up Arthur's seat People are like, how heavily pregnant is she? What is she doing? Walking up out of the seat. But I was just desperate. That yeah. still didn't work. <laughs> so yeah, basically, when in doubt, always see an expert. And your second pregnancy wasn't planned? No. Tell us a bit about your journey from there and the muscle separation. And um, well, after I had had my first um, child, I um, had had muscle separation, but I didn't know about it. Mm-hmm. And during my pregnancy um, with Noah... Uh, the midwife was obviously finding the position of the baby and said, well, you've got quite quite a big uh, separation there. Mm-hmm. Um, was it sore? N- no. Uh, slightly uncomfortable, mm-hmm. I would say. It was. I felt a lot of stretching uh, at the front. Okay. And I now know that that was the weakness of my connective tissue. Right. Like, it just, like, that's maybe, like, maybe things were just not sitting the way, uh, the way it was supported. Okay. Um. As it, as it would have been mm-hmm. if I didn't have that separation um, I wasn't really given much advice okay. uh, on what to do and how to whether I could help it during pregnancy or whether it just was something I needed to deal with it just, I just wasn't given much information mm, that's not great so what would you say to someone who has muscle separation because a fact I didn't realise until you said so anyone can experience this athletes can get it men can get it it's not just associated with pregnancy no no uh, not at all it is it's kind of the buzzword at the moment especially for uh, pre postnatal trainers is diastasis recti which is the muscle separation okay. um, but it is more than just closing the gap between your abdominal muscles okay um, and it's not something that you have to put up with throughout pregnancy mm-hmm. um, studies it's not there's still a lot to learn about it, um, okay. but the studies say that they think up to 100% of women will suffer from it okay. from about 36 weeks pregnant. But what the um, the outcome of is it is after pregnancy, maybe six weeks down the line, mm-hmm. is the gap still there and, and what is the connective tissue like. So if you do have um, muscle separation, I would advise um, going to a physio. Mm-hmm they'll be able to give you a a programme to help with the rehab of it or reduce the effects of it throughout pregnancy. Um, And a pre and postnatal trainer, someone who knows what they're talking about. Yeah. And how how long do they take to come back? It it depends on each individual person. I I have had it through all three of my pregnancies. When I had my third child, 
um, I had a 13 centimetre gap between my abdominals, yeah. um, which was rather large. Uh, but I had a lot of I have a lot of weakness in my the connective tissue that, that's holding the abdominals together. Mm. Um, through uh, doing things after being pregnant that I shouldn't have been doing, that I didn't know I shouldn't have been doing. Okay. Um, and uh, lifting heavy babies up on a regular basis. Right, so you're not meant to do that for how long? It's not that you're not meant to do it, you just need to know the proper strategies okay. on how to do it. Like what you're when when you're pregnant your breathing okay. patterns all get knocked out. Okay. Um so it's about knowing how to how to do that all properly again. Alright. <laughs> See I I didn't think my muscles split, but do you think that they definitely did? Mm. I can't tell you hundred percent that they did because they Again, it's not fully studied, yeah. but they th- they believe it's up to a hundred percent of women that it happens to. But it's not when you think split, you just think they're they're, they're miles apart. It could be like two thing, uh, like three fingers worth distance, and then they just come back together again. It's just it's it's the natural process of making room for your baby to go uh-huh. inside your tummy. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, so it doesn't mean that there's a weakness there or that there's any issues. Mm-hmm. Um, where the issue lies is if after you've had your baby you've got three four months down the line yeah. and that gap's not coming back together um a good way for you to to when you notice it is if you like go to sit up okay and you see like a doming effect on your tummy oh i had that okay i did have that <laughs> see there's this just talking about it though it shows there's not enough awareness because i was told when i was pregnant with charlie oh if, if it splits the midwife will tell you yeah so because they hadn't said to me I just assumed well it's not happened to me yeah but it, it could have just happened in the last couple of weeks or something um it's it, it, it's an adjustment that happens in your body mm-hmm. um like I say it might not happen to every single person every single woman who's been pregnant um so if I was to get on the floor now and do a plank would you be able to tell if it, by, by the shape um yeah I would I'm more be able to tell if you were doing a sit up yeah oh, really? I'd be able to see find out if there's a muscle separation in there. I'm going to ask you. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to do it now, but I'm going to ask you today. It's funny, I just think there's not a great awareness about this, so it's really good. Was it your experience that gave you the passion to set this up and help mothers? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, I have done um, a good amount of damage to myself that I wouldn't have happened to me if I'd known yeah. the information uh, going into pregnancy. Um, mm. and just been given some advice yeah. like I'm not talking about you having a full blown um, like physio yeah. <laughs> like uh-huh. the whole way through your pregnancy just mm. being given the correct information and what you're looking for mm. if there is an issue because there's plenty of women that it, not, it doesn't happen for Yeah. Um, they, they come out of pregnancy and they've never noticed any separation and they're fine mm-hmm. um, but for me I, I had that separation and it got worse with every pregnancy and it made my pregnancies harder because uh, I got a lot of back pain okay. um, and I didn't have as much support in, in my front because of the separation. Ouch. <laughs> and your third pregnancy, I mean, I guess it was a bit of a live case study because you were studying to get these final qualifications. They diagnosed you, what was the condition with your excess uh, fluid? Polyhydramnios. Okay, so they hadn't picked that up till the third time? No. Right, that's crazy. 
Yeah. And how did that pan out? Because you needed a section. I didn't need a section. I was told that they were going to monitor me um, because the baby wasn't uh, lying head down. Um, she was lying transverse, so sideways, and she wasn't for moving. If she'd been lying head down uh, with her head in my pelvis, it would have been fine. I wouldn't have had the issues that I had. But unfortunately, because of the degree of my separation mm-hmm. and the amount of fluid I had, she was just spinning about. Oh my <laughs> and they tried to turn her and she wasn't for turning. Oh. She's still just as stubborn in real life. Oh, it's funny. <laughs> and she was inside. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, I do think sometimes the labour can show a bit of the character. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, my birth was very similar to Bonnie's, mm-hmm. our first baby. Uh, Charlie is just a cheeky monkey and his was very similar to my husband Scott uh, so I, I don't know it's, it's funny there can be something in there about character and breaking all the rules Charlie and Scott wanted to come up the sunroof and Bonnie and I were forced out to live um, although I was early so I assumed mine would be early but, yeah. but no yeah, didn't have that privilege um, C-section, would you, do you have advice for people that have had a section like ourselves and they, they want to recover and they want to get into exercise again? When should you? Um, again, it's an individual for um, each case, but you certainly can get into exercise. It's not as simple as it, when you get your six-week check. Yeah. Um, it's different across the country, actually, the six-week check. I never mm-hmm. actually had a six-week check from my GP. Mm. Um, and... It's, it's not as simple. You have to remember with the C-section, um, no matter how much people downplay it, mm-hmm. it's major abdominal surgery. Yeah. <laughs> I remember yeah. he's so frustrated that I couldn't move, I couldn't drive. Charlie was feeding constantly. I had a two-year-old mm-hmm. who was with us. Mm-hmm. So I was wiping her bum and Charlie was on the boob. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, it was, it was mental and I was scared of it, having to like lift a table or a stool or something. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a crazy amount of pressure and it made me really want to get into fitness. Yeah. As soon as the six week came for me, I thought I'm going to get into running. Yeah. And I started running. And I remember my first maybe 3k, I felt like my insides were going to fall out. <laughs> but I was just determined. But then at the same time, okay, maybe listen to the body a bit and, and really, really pace it. Mm-hmm. Um, so what would you say to someone who's had a section, really wants to get into it? Um, if you want to go back into fitness after a section, I would say find yourself, first of all, see a, a women's health physio. Okay. Um, so they can assess uh, your scar and any issues with pelvic floor because just because you've had a C-section doesn't mean that your pelvic floor hasn't had any trauma to it um, because pregnancy can can cause it can cause issues for it as well um, so uh, physio mm-hmm. and I would find yourself a trainer who has worked with someone who has been through a section before okay. um, someone who has qualifications in pre and postnatal training because it's it's not a simple um, just get back into doing whatever you feel like doing you know there is a rehab process you want to go through yeah um you know you you've cut through connective tissues there um and you need to get that connection back with your core and your mm-hmm. floor mm-hmm. um and strengthen those muscles up mm-hmm. first before you jump into doing something like running a uh, or lifting heavier weights weights or hip classes or mm-hmm. any of these different exercise um classes that are out there what would be the warning sign? Would you just feel pain or? Um, 
for a, for a section it's it's kind of hard to, to kind of determine you you'll feel you could just cause yourself to have the separation you know you can make things worse for yourself uh, in terms of abdominal separation you could cause more issues for your pelvic floor mm-hmm. so it's not necessarily all about what the scar is you know you shouldn't be doing anything until your scar is healed mm-hmm. anyway you know mm-hmm. because that's that's, that's a bit dangerous mm-hmm. um, but once you've your everything's healed there you know you'll you would mostly just feel um, issues with uh, leaking or pain in your um, pelvic area pain in your lower back yeah. if you ever feel like anything is a kind of bulging sensation mm-hmm. um, any of that stuff oh, do you I don't I'm not sure if I'll ever get the sensation back in my tummy. It's still a bit numb around there. Is that mm-hmm. normal? Um, yeah, I would think that that's just the nerve endings or it's just in around your skin. Really? Yeah. I've, I yeah, I I had my appendix out when I was twenty one and I still don't I still can't feel the skin around there just really. Yeah. I'm not sure of the science behind that. Yeah. I've never actually really looked into that, but I imagine it's just the the nerve endings have been damaged. See, it was my first ever operation and just never thought it would happen to me. And yeah. and they said, you know, Charlie, I'll, I'll be out in a minute. Yeah. And and then I was pushing and pushing and they said, we've gotten you not actually really good at pushing, so you'll be out. Yeah. He wasn't coming and he couldn't explain what was going on. And they yeah. said, well, we'll do four step. And I said, well, I had four step with Bonnie, that's fine, I know how this goes. And before they actually did the pesiotomy, I think they really thought, I don't know if we're going to get him out. He just... Maybe it was jumping around. I don't know. It was yeah. strange, but uh, and then I had this, and I thought, oh, this is really odd. I'm having an operation. <laughs> Do you yeah. know, like they're actually, mm-hmm. uh, it's funny, but they're so common. They're so common. They're the most common um, surgery uh, in the UK, apparently. Told mm-hmm. that's what my the surgeon told me when he they gave me my section. Wow. They do them. They do them thousands. It's almost. <laughs> to go and expecting that you'll have a section and then you won't be disappointed not an elective but you know an emergency I think you have to go in with a, an open mind yeah. um, that uh, anything could happen I think um, there's a lot of judgement about how women are birthing their babies whether mm-hmm. it be home birth or um, sections or um, forceps delivery or I think the most important part of it all is that we deserve to be informed yeah, you know, a lot of the time people act like we're too frightened to get the information. Yeah, um, I would much rather have had the information. Oh, so myself. Would I. You know, I'm not talking about giving people horror stories. Yeah, um, but I'm I'm just this is this is what the risks are. Uh-huh. This is, uh, what can happen to you. This is what can happen to your baby because, at the end of the day, you're still important as well. You know, yeah. obviously the baby coming out um, alive and well is the most important mm-hmm. outcome um, but you coming out of it um, well is also quite important yeah and the babies need us <laughs> yeah exactly um, exactly and there are lots of women out there who are suffering from a lot of birth injuries and yeah. um, it's downplayed or they're too embarrassed to talk about it yeah and it's it's not fair. It's a normal thing. We shouldn't be ashamed of it. Um, our bodies change, and we just kind of need to support each other and know, mm-hmm. and know, and have a, a sort of team around us. Mm. I would say, um, for anything that happens to you through um pregnancy or labour, um, postnatal, you have to remember that it is common. Um, 
I understand that it can be embarrassing, but that's why I'm doing this, so we can try and drop the embarrassment yeah. and let women seek help. But it's not, uh, it may be common, mm-hmm. but it's not something you have to put up put up with. It's not just that, oh, that's just what happens to you when you have babies. Yeah. You know, if you have pelvic floor dysfunction or muscle separation um, or pain, uh, doing anything in your life, you know, go, go and find someone who can help you with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, not something don't have to stuff and you probably meet friends as well it's it's important just to get out there and yeah see other people yeah so you work on a tuesday and thursday and you absolutely love what you do you're passionate about exercise you're not so passionate about the diet culture though i mean i'm quite disgusted what you were saying about the news yesterday it's all about how great she's looking the royal baby and kate's wearing this amazing outfit and lost all the baby weight and you sort of want to strangle the journalists you think the pressure mums will be feeling at home yeah um you know charlie's three now and i've still not lost all my baby weight and i ran a marathon in that time so I never beat myself up. In fact, there's a whole chapter in my book about this, not beating ourselves up. There's nothing wrong with having goals and exercise is a great way to improve your confidence and mental health, but the diet culture, I think, is is wrong. Would you agree with that? Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of problems with the diet culture. It's got a lot to answer for, for a lot of the mental health issues um, for uh, teenagers, um, women, new mums, the pressure that's put under them. The statements that are made, you we were made to think that uh, we're to celebrate that we don't look like we've had babies. Mm. Like I remember getting a, a compliment as it was put uh, about how it didn't look like I'd had a baby. Oh, I had days. my first baby, and I and at the time, I think I kind of was like, oh, that's that's nice. But now I'm horrified that I actually thought that was a compliment because it's not. Like I have my babies, my body's gonna change. Your body changes throughout your life, whether you have babies or not. Yeah. Um, and I think I don't think there's anything wrong with fat loss. Yeah. You know, if you want to lose a uh, weight, there's that. That's I'm not saying that that's wrong. Yeah. But are you doing that because you really want to do it, or are you doing it because that's what you think? You should do after yeah. having a baby. Yeah. Um. It's all about getting your pre-baby body back. Like, what even is that? That's that's you don't you don't. There's no pre-baby body anymore. Yeah. It's gone. Yeah. You know, you've now got this new, uh, amazing body that just grew a human. Yeah. Just grew a whole person. Um. Nourished that person that baby for nine months and, um. And now it's out and you have to look after it outside yeah. and the last thing you need to be thinking about is what size you are yeah what size do i need to be that's not what makes you a, a good person or a good mom yeah absolutely so it's just it's just getting that balance and encouraging people i sometimes think watching the news does more harm than good because there's not really a lot we can do about the pressures and the the superficial side of it people mm-hmm. you know it's all about their clothes and it's not really about our mental health mm-hmm. and how she's coping and <laughs> Yeah, I um the body positivity thing is um it's a it's a great movement and there's there's a, a lot of good people to follow out there that are, mm. are pushing body positivity, uh, and I've been doing a lot of research with it and there's so many shocking and sad st- statistics when it comes to young girls uh, and young boys. It's coming out up for young boys as well now. Um, the pressures on them. Um with the diet, diet culture you know five-year-old girls mm. are aware that to be thin you need to restrict your calories oh my like goodness. that's that's crazy 
um, and there was a study, I'm not sure what the magazine was, I had heard this one on something else, where it was girls between 18 and 25, I think it was about 50% of them, mm-hmm. would rather be hit by a truck than be fat. Oh my goodness. Like, that's the shocking. Oh my days. Statistic. And where does that pressure come from? comes from this from the media from social media mm-hmm. um, the perfect life that people portray out there a lot of the celebrities the pressure they're under you know the pressure that someone like um, Kate Middleton is under to come out of the hospital looking like it wasn't necessarily about her weight it was more the fact that she was all done up her face looked perfect her hair looked perfect but she probably had a good amount of sleep after having the baby. A couple of hours sleep with someone watching the baby mm-hmm. and someone doing her makeup and her hair for her. Uh, nice. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, it's 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 sad that that has to that that's what people want to see. Oh You're looking like you've just not had a baby. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's tricky, isn't it? I mean, what would you say to someone that? wants to have a fitness goal or they want to get into a new dress or they've got a wedding just to cut themselves some slack or um i would say but like i said there's nothing wrong with having a fat loss goal um, mm-hmm. if that's what you want to do but you are not going to just be valued at this wedding because you managed to get into a smaller size dress yeah most people are probably not even going to notice to be honest with you yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, your chat and your banter, and there's so much more to you than just how you absolutely. Look. There's more, more to you than your body. Our bodies are amazing. I've already said that even earlier on. I find, um, how our bodies work, how they recover, what we can achieve with our bodies, it fascinates me, and it's why I initially got into the fitness industry. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not all we are. Yeah, you know that's that, that's just part of who we are. Yeah, it doesn't define us. No, not at all. It's, it's tricky because I love to talk about exercise and how it's changed my life in many ways. I still have days I want to sit with my bra off at night and not go out and train. <laughs> and I do that, but then, you know, I, I love having goals and I love feeling strong and I love being able to run a marathon. don't know if I'd do another one. <laughs> um, doing a half in September. But yeah, I love, I love that side, but I don't want it to define me either. Like yeah. I see the kids and, and they see me keeping active, but they see me having a balance with food. They see yeah. me enjoying meals. Um, and they see me having fun but I always say if it gets to the point where it's completely taking over my life yeah, um, it's just having that balance with their goals yeah you know there's absolutely nothing wrong with having goals I have plenty of goals most of my goals are physical goals mm-hmm. um, you know one of the goals for me is to, uh, to fix the uh, muscle separation and be able to go and do dance classes because I love yeah. dancing but oh. I'm not that good at I do tend to do that, but yeah, I'd love to be able to do like um some proper moves. So that's that's one of my goals. Um, last year I tried to climb up Ben Nevis uh, when I was six months postnatal, which was a mistake. I shouldn't have done that, but I did it, and I only got halfway, and it was hard going. But my goal is this year I'm so much fitter and yeah. stronger and I want to be able to do that because that's an experience in itself, you know, like mm-hmm. going to the gym, mm-hmm. getting stronger helps you not only in your daily life, but you get to go and do amazing things like that and see, get to the, the tallest mountain in the UK yeah. and see amusing, amazing views. Yeah. Like that's, 
there's nothing wrong with having those goals it's when those goals take over your life and you think that if you don't reach those goals that you're some sort of failure or that Mm -hmm. defines your life that's that's not who you are yeah um it's always good to push yourself out of your comfort zone Mm -hmm. um but do do it safely and yeah. Look after your mental health with it. Yeah, find find the balance, mm-hmm. I guess. Find the balance. Always comes back to mm-hmm. how is your balance? How's your anxiety levels? Because if you're pushing it too much, you'll start to feel it shattered. You won't be sleeping as well. You'll be anxious. Mm-hmm. There'll be all these signs there mm-hmm. that you've not got that balance right. Be it exercise, eating, sleeping, caffeine addiction, mm-hmm. sugar, you know, could go on. But yeah, yeah, it's just about trying to find that balance. And to, to do that, you need support. Mm. You, you need a team of people around you and you need to just as you say be kind to yourself cut yourself some slack mm-hmm. and don't forget to dance and, and sing yeah <laughs> and uh, I always ask you know people what their favourite karaoke song is because we like to end our conversation with a bit of singing and what was your favourite song? Um, Girls Just Wanna Have oh, That's such a good tune <laughs> are you up for a little bit of singing? yeah I can't sing but oh. <laughs> everyone, yeah, you know, everyone's been saying to me, I can't sing. I say, well, well, yeah, you can. Well, sing. yeah, I can sing. I can sing. It just doesn't sound too nice for everybody's ears. Oh, don't be daft. <laughs> sing like no one's listening. <laughs> that was a really great chat. Really enjoyed that empowering conversation. Me too. Feeling yeah. strong. Fun.